What is going on, you guys? My name is Josh, also known as Harry Tornado, and we are here with episode four, season one of Triple Thrift Podcast. Here with my friends Drew and Joey, and this podcast is all about reselling and YouTube. We don't really talk about YouTube that much. Maybe we should hit YouTube a little bit harder in today's episode, guys. Uh, but either way, I'm super excited for episode four. So far, we have had a ton of fun recording this. We have it on the YouTube channel. It should be available on all podcast platforms, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere you can get a podcast, you should be able to listen to our podcast. And uh, like I said, we're just having a, 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 a ton of fun <laughs> with it. Uh, so Joey, uh, let's start with you. How was your, how was your week this week? Dude, my week has been a little stressful. I have to say, um, you know, the political mail is all done, but you know, um, we're starting with, you know, the Christmas season, the holiday season's coming. Um, so packages are flowing through. Um, but you know, I've been, I've been on top of myself about becoming either a full-time reseller, full-time YouTuber, you know, you name it, you know, kind of like you guys. Um, mm -hmm. it's, it's been on the fence and I've been thinking about it like crazy. I'm dreaming about it. It's, it's been, it's been a heck of a week. So I'm trying to, you know, keep myself calm and still work, but you know, I've been trying to, you know, just keep calm and just, I don't know, you know, I'm just really excited for it and I just cannot wait to go full-time one day, but mm -hmm. I'm trying to get in the strives. Like I just got the desk. Uh, let's do an update on that. Um, I just built the desk and I'm so happy I got the brand new one and the other one had to been used because there's no way like I, the no nuts and bolts, like that's insane. So, yeah. um, I got, I got this whole desk. I feel like a professional now, so let's go baby. <laughs> yeah. Getting new, getting new stuff is always fun, man. It's, uh, it, it can be addicting, so don't go overboard, but uh, no, I, no, I saw no. a picture of your new desk and it's, it's, it's nice to, to have nice stuff. I think we talked about that in the last episode or two episodes ago. Mm -hmm. Uh, but, uh, but Drew, how was your week? What's going on, guys? This is Drew with Profit Monsters, your local reseller. <laughs> just kidding. But anyway, my week has been uh, really good. I just I love reselling so much that I really can't ever have a bad week when I'm living my dream being a full time reseller and and YouTuber. Um, rub it in, rub it in, Drew. As, rub it as in. much as much as of a YouTuber as I am, I guess I should say. But I just hit five thousand subscribers on YouTube this week. Hey, and man, congrats. At the beginning of the week, I got my first YouTube paycheck. So it was pretty cool to hit both of those milestones. Uh, so thank you to anyone who's listening that watches my YouTube channel or has subscribed or shared my videos. It means the world to me. And um, hopefully I'll hit 10,000 by next year. So, <laughs> um, But anyway, um, this week's been really good. I actually just got back from um, a wedding. I went to um, one of my friend's weddings last night. They got married and then we stayed at a hotel so we were there for the weekend. I didn't do a whole lot of listing today or yesterday, but before the wedding, because you guys know I'm a hustler, um, I went to the flea market for a couple hours and loaded up my car with my buddy dealing with Dalton on Instagram and YouTube. We got um, quite a big shoe haul and I got some other stuff, some combo units. I got a Wii for 10 bucks and got some really good deals. So uh, I'm excited to just chat it up with you guys and enjoy another episode. Yeah, Drew is definitely definitely a hustler. I'm picturing you like at the flea market. You buy something, you list it at the flea market, it sells, and then you go to the public library when like in a part of town. You know, hey, do you guys have a thermal printer? I just need to print a label real fast. When, when uh, Drew and Joey came to visit me, they're from Florida. I'm in, I'm in South Carolina, and uh, Drew was buying stuff at thrift stores here, listing it, but like immediately and selling it. And he was like, "Hey, can I use your can I use your thermal printer?" I'm like, uh, "Yeah, I get, like he he sold and shipped more items while he was here than I did." <laughs> I don't I don't think so, but I did make a couple sales. It, dude, it's it's crazy. I I just I, I definitely envy your your hustle, man. I, I I'll get motivation like burst. I'm like, all right, I'm gonna list, and I'll list seven things. I'm like, whew, I need to take a break. I don't want to <laughs> wear myself out here. <laughs> I, I think I think the same passion that Joey has for like just everything that he does, you know, when when you hear Joey talk, like you can just tell how genuine he is and the things that he enjoys to do, like hanging out with his girl or spending time with his family or, you know, being your local mailman like he just <laughs> loves what he does. Mm -hmm. I just have that same passion for reselling. And the fact that I find something for a dollar or two dollars 
and I can sell it for a lot of money and then share that knowledge with other people to help them. Um, you know, like the Porsche jacket, if you follow me on Instagram, I just sold this Porsche racing jacket, um, on Friday, today's Monday, right? No, today's Sunday. The days are all a blur to me, but, um, I paid $4 for it at a garage sale. It had a couple stains on it. I washed it and they still didn't come out. So I'm like, you know what? I'm still going to list it. I couldn't find any other similar comps. And uh, so I just picked a price and was like, you know what? I've sold racing jackets before and Porsche is a well-known brand and it's got a big following. I'm like, you know what? $150. And then within a week I get the cha-ching that it sold for full price. And I was just like, this is just literally living the dream. Like some people, maybe not Joey because he makes good money as a post office worker, but some people literally work a full shift at their job to make what I made selling one jacket on eBay. So like, I'm just so thankful and it's just why I'm so passionate and why like I have the hustle that I do because there's just like no greater feeling than knowing that I don't have to clock in and clock out of work or, you know, speak to any boss, you know, or anything like that. And I'm not trying to say this to make Joey feel bad or anything, but you're going to get there soon, man. Your, your day's coming. I said last episode, we're just going to keep bullying Joey until he quits his job and becomes a full-time reseller. <laughs> I think I think he's basically at the mountain tip and he's about ready to jump off the mountain. I just, really am. It, it's, it's, it's been really crazy. Like I, I feel like, you know, I just want to stop working and just literally go full-time. Like I look in my eBay room here and I'm just really excited to deep, you know, dig into this death pile and just get it, like, just get it rid of because I, I'm really, when I, like you guys said, man, when, when I talk about things, I go, I go all out. I don't, I don't stop. Um, I know this is going to be, you know, a full-time thing for me. And I just love going like the other day I finished my route and I was like a little bit early and I was like, you know what, let me just run into the thrift store for just 10 minutes. You know, it's on the way, you know, back to the office and I run in there really, really quick. And I find this, um, it's called a jumbo sequence, uh, like card game and it's from 1995. It's vintage and it has like, it's on, you know, like those, um, those tubes that you use for like shipping out golf clubs, kind of like a big cylinder thing like that, but it had like the full mat, like a really nice mat inside and like some coins, I guess like some chips and some cards. And this thing looks brand new. It's from 1995. I bought it for $4 and I could sell it online for you know, 65 to 70 bucks, including the tube. So, I mean, you just think about like what Drew said, like some people don't even make $70 in a, in a shift. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's just, it's just so humble. I'm just so humble that like, I don't even, I don't even know how to put into words. Like I can, if I had more time to look in that thrift store, I could have found, you know, found more things. It's just, you know, doing being a mailman it's awesome like I, I i can't thank enough being like a postal worker and being able to bring my packages to work but just doing that for in a minimal of 10 minutes just finding that one item i know i can go to multiple thrift stores and do it full time like i know i can it's just it's just making that jump you know and my dad says <laughs> i talk to him on the phone all the time while i'm working i'm like what do i do man He's like, you're too comfortable right now. You know, um, you know, take the leap of faith. Um, if if it you know, if it goes bad, you know, you can get a job anywhere. You know what I mean? But I just have such a good job that, you know, it's just it's so hard. I'm on the fence, but, you know, eventually I'm going to do it and I just can't wait. <laughs> it's definitely yeah, it's... a leap of faith for sure, but it, it it's worth every 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 risk you take, I guess, if that's the right term for it, but it's just so worth it when you have that freedom. It's the, the day, the day you quit Joey is the day you're going to go from Joey bada bing 22 to super saying Joey bada bing 22, because I just know how excited you are right now. And just when you don't have to wake up at six in the morning to go to, um, the, the thrift, or I mean, to your job, then it's going to just be a game changer for you. Yeah, I mean, you know, just the freedom to be able not really to do whatever you want. But like you said, like just to wake up and know that like reselling is on my mind and just to run into my eBay room and ship out my items and, you know, get ready to go to the thrift store, come home and just literally list everything. Um, that's the type of person I would be um, if I was full time. 
and I would never have a death file. Like I would literally just, when I come home, I'm listing the whole entire thing, kind of like pick and roll. Um, if you guys know him, they all say that, <laughs> no, I swear, Josh, I, I'm, I am a hustler. Like I really am. I feel like I'm more than Drew. I, I know, man. <laughs> I can, I can hear it in your voice. Drew, like Drew is a very big hustler. And I, I, me, like me and him, I feel like we're brothers from another mother. I swear we look the same. Like <laughs> it's literally crazy. Um, if you haven't seen us on like Instagram or, or YouTube or anything, but you know, I, I really look up to him and you know, that's how I exactly want to be. Um, but the first thing is like, like I said on previous episode on the podcast is to be organized. And that's my next step. I got this desk. Um, so I feel more, you know, for this podcast and for when I do lives, you know, Monday nights, um, I feel more, um, I feel better. I feel a lot better to be here doing this right now. And once I get that, once I, I said, once I get this done, I'm going to get bins, I'm going to get shelves. Um, I'm, I'm going to do the whole nine yards. I'm going to get ready for, you know, to actually be full time. I just don't want to jump right into it. Um, I want to be actually ready to go. Once I'm ready, I think I'm, I think I'm going to do it, man. <laughs> I just think I am. I got you, bro. We'll, I'll help you with everything you need. Yeah. So I'm excited. Like it, like I'm not nervous. Like I know I can do this. Like I, I have the drive. I have the heart and especially on YouTube. Like that's my passion. You know, YouTube has always been my passion since I'm a little, little kid, never knew what to do. And like, I found it, you know, eBay is like changed my whole entire life. Like I want to make a YouTube video about this, but last night, um, I, I actually made a second account for you guys. I don't know if you guys know, but you guys do, but for the people who are listening, um, I do a lot of sports cards like baseball, football, basketball, and um, I'm starting a second store for like the cards that are not really worth as much. So I can maybe like 99 cents to like five bucks. Um, and I bought a bunch of top loaders I'm going to put some cards in there and um, just start them off like that. And that's how I like, you know, it costs like 10 bucks, 20 bucks for a box. But, you know, I buy them in bulk. So, you know, just to get those little, you know, little payments of 99 cents. And if they add up, like, you know, it's I could pay for the whole box. And then sometimes, you know, I get $400 cards, $300 cards, or I send them into PSA to get graded. Um, So it's another side business that I do. But um, I'm just really excited. But what I was trying to say is I started that you know second uh, eBay account and I forgot the password, so I guess I logged in too many times on the mobile app, and um, it like locked me out and it locked me out of my main account too. And I'm like, what is going on? So I contacted a uh, uh, eBay off like the text like like the chat or something like that on eBay because um, I didn't want to call. It was like way too late at night, so I was just like chatting with the person, and they they really helped me. But, you know, I actually gained a subscriber <laughs> from the lady. I was like, I make YouTube videos. Like, please help me out. She's like, no way. Let me check out your channel. So she, she subscribed. Her name's Valentina. If you ever listen to this, what's up? <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> you know, um, but I, I, I think I think you're in the right direction. Like it, like you're making steps. You're talking about getting shelves. You're talking about, you know, continuing to grow your business now in like the part time stage to make it easier to make that jump eventually. Um, I think it's only dangerous to, well, well, first of all, you got to think about other people that start businesses. You know, there's people that want to start a landscaping business and, you know, the Dave Ramsey approach would be to, you know, get a cheap lawnmower for like 40 bucks and cut grass and save your money and then get another lawnmower and then get a weed eater and then get a trailer later on and then grow it into a landscaping empire. But most people don't do that. Generally, if you want to start a business in the United States, you go out and get a business loan of like a hundred thousand dollars and you open a like it was so funny i'll see businesses that open and i'm like all right that's gonna be closed in a couple months and i'm always right like it's just mm-hmm. it, it seems like it's common sense like we had there was an ice cream shop that opened up we are our city is not that big i live in columbia south carolina we already have marble slab we have cold stone we have all these really nice ice cream shops and this one random shop opened up in kind of a bad part of town in like october and I'm like, what? Like, all, and all they sold was ice cream. They didn't have anything else. They didn't have milkshakes or any, just ice cream. I'm like, what do you think you are going to provide to the customer that they cannot already get at Marble Slab and Coldstone? Right. Right. Like, and like, what kind of profit margin? How much ice cream you're going to have to sell to just pay rent on this? Like, their rent was probably at least like $1,200 a month, plus like their other overhead, the ice cream and the employees, you know? And sure enough, within like three months before, I think even before January, they were already shut down. 
Um, same with like seafood restaurants here. Like the last year or so we've had like seven seafood restaurants open up all within like three miles of each other. And I'm like, there's not that many people here that like seafood that I know, you know? Mm. And, uh, and we already have like a bonefish grill and that's probably like the nicest. And we got, there's one downtown Columbia that's called blue Marlin. That's really good. That's like expensive. But there was one that opened up called seafood connection. And every time we passed it, I'm like, Haley, that is the worst name for a seafood <laughs> restaurant I've ever heard in my life. Like, see, like what, what is that? And there, it was like blue and red, like the most times new Roman font It was the most boring looking <laughs> restaurant I've ever seen in my life. I'm like, that's going to be closed down within three months. And sure enough, and we, we passed it every week on the way to church and there was never a single car in the car, in the parking lot, never seen a car there and it, and it shut down. Um, so, and I'm sure that whoever started that business had to take out a loan to get the new sign that said seafood connection and all the, you know, train the employees for three months. And there's just so much risk involved with the traditional starting a business model in the United States. But if you want to start a reselling business, like if I didn't have anything at all, all you'd need is like a computer, a regular printer. You don't even need a thermal printer, just a regular printer to print your labels with like the sticky peel sheets and like some bins and a shelf and then your inventory. You, I mean, you can start a business for with you know, probably 250 bucks, you know, and start it and just reinvest. Um, you may have to reinvest the first thousand to $1,500 in profit to get it really set up. But to be able to start a business that you can like support a family on, like Drew, you're supporting your family on a business that anybody in the world can start for probably a hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I don't know of another business like that. I don't know of another business that you can start for that little and scale to be such a good source of income. Yeah, I think there are a few here and there, but some of them do take a little bit of like learning and effort, such as like drop shipping businesses, Amazon affiliate businesses, where you can basically learn how to do it on your computer. And Mm -hmm. it literally requires for some of them, no upfront money, unless you're a sucker and you buy a course or something like that. But you can watch. What do you think? What do you think the turnover is compared to reselling and drop shippers? I don't know a single drop shipper that's that was successful continuously. A couple of them like, yeah, I did 30 grand in revenue my first month. And then a bunch of my stuff got returned because it was cheap Chinese knockoffs that were crap products. And they took 12 weeks to get to my customer. And now I'm not doing anything anymore. Um, I'm not sure of the turnover rate because I personally don't know anybody doing it, but I did try it before I became a reseller. Um, Mm -hmm. And I watched a lot of videos of the people who give away the free knowledge um, about drop shipping. And the thing is, is that if you want to be a good drop shipper, you have to spend a lot of money on Facebook ads to figure out what works. And that's, I think the difference, what drew me over to reselling is I didn't have to spend money advertising my product. As long as I was priced competitively, my buyers would find my item if it was an item that was in demand. So mm-hmm. like, for example, when I started reselling, one of the first things I did was sell my old Super Nintendo collection and I started listing all the games. And one of the games I had was Super Earthbound. Um, and uh, I didn't know at the time that it was such an expensive game for an authentic copy. And I listed it for $150 and it sold within like 10 minutes of listing it for full list price. Because it was Are they worth like 400 or something. I think they're worth a lot more now. But at the time, um, they were at least around from my very little reselling knowledge 150 seemed like a fair price and i was like freaking out when i sold it yeah i didn't know if you like had done research at that time because most people don't even know how to research comps you know when they first list an item yeah i had done a little bit of research but i mean i honestly would have to go back and look now if it had more value than what it did at the time um Mm -hmm. you know using worth point or something like that but either way i was selling stuff out of my closet and It was just completely free. And, you know, going back to the point of what Josh was saying is there's just not many businesses out there that you can start up and make money literally with all you have to do is have a phone and download the eBay app or the Poshmark app and sell clothes Mm -hmm. out of your closet and, you know, learn the business by even possibly making mistakes with your product or selling it lower. You know, I interviewed Rinzi on my YouTube channel, Ryan and Lindsay. And when they first started, they were selling shoes on Facebook Marketplace. And whether the shoes were $100 shoes or $500 shoes, they were selling every pair for $25 on Facebook Marketplace. And they were just building up an audience of people who knew that they were shoe resellers, but they were selling shoes out of their own closet. Mm -hmm. And so you can literally take stuff. You know, I think there's there was a 
Dave Ramsey actually said it. I think he did some type of like not a scientific test, but some type of test with um, his city where he lived in or something like that when he first started Financial Peace University. And there was the statistic was like the average household has a minimum of a thousand to twelve hundred dollars worth of stuff that they don't use that can be sold online today. Yeah. And so, you know, they that just goes to show that even if you're not a thousand dollars, you may have five hundred dollars worth of stuff. And that's more than enough money to start with free stuff around your house and then use that money to continue to grow mm -hmm. and build a reselling business. So I think that reselling in general is just an amazing opportunity. Now it does take a lot of work, effort, hustle, you know, learning, but everything is free. And that's what's great. You can get free boxes from UPS. You can go to Five Below, Dollar Tree, Walmart, and get free cardboard boxes to ship. You know, you can find bubble wrap for free that people give away on Facebook Marketplace. You know, and these are all strategies that I use in the in my reselling business where I don't pay for any shipping supplies other than maybe poly mailers, which is $12 for 200. So, yeah. you know, it's just an amazing opportunity for sure. Yeah, absolutely, man. Uh, Joey, you haven't said anything in a while. What you doing? Uh, just listening. <laughs> you know, I'm trying to, I'm trying to, uh, you know, get this knowledge in, you know, cause you guys are talking about things that I really don't even, not that I don't really know. I know like a little base of what you guys are talking about. Um, but you know, I'm, I'm a completely new, new reseller, you know what I mean? Um, so, you know, I don't know. <laughs> I think it, I mean, it's, I don't know. So many people overthink businesses. Yeah. Like, uh, we, we, uh, I broke my lawnmower a couple months ago and I was trying to find somebody to cut our grass. Cause it was like, we'd need to cut it at least one more time before winter. And I went up to this guy that was like down the street. He was a landscaper. He was like cutting the grass of the neighbors. And I was like, Hey, I live right down here. At, uh, and I broke my lawnmower. Is anywhere you can come by and cut my grass? And he was like, Oh yeah, yeah. Give me your phone number. I'll, I'll call you when I'm done. And I gave him my number and he never called me. Really? I'm like, dude, I'm literally right here like no extra cost to you you don't even have to turn the lawnmower off just come three houses down yeah and cut my grass and you make extra money and he didn't call me oh. and and it was a it was a small company it wasn't a, a big name brand thing it was you know a, a very small family-owned business and i was wanting to support them and he didn't call me and maybe something came up i don't know but it and i've noticed that so many there's like everybody in my neighborhood has like their own landscaper and they're like i don't i've never seen the same guy cutting the different people's houses uh -huh. uh, but i'm just like there's so much opportunity here like some kid came and knocked on our door the other day and he was like starting a business like delivering firewood and i took his car and i'm like i don't really need firewood but if i do i'm going to call you and i appreciate the hustle you know um and it, that do you guys remember my first yard sale video i made where that guy was uh just like really talkative he was talking about his son his son had like a yeah. a, a, a small um like handyman business mm -hmm. yeah so yeah, I, I took his card and I, I was just, I was like, I want to support that guy. I don't know how old he is. He's probably like 18, 19 years old, has a handyman business. And I was just like going around the house, like trying to find something for him to do. And I called him. I was like, Hey, we got a, our, like our garage, our side door to our garage. It's like, like the baseboard is kind of rotten. Can you fix that? And he's like, yeah, I was like, great. Also, can you add another, uh, we add him to add another garage door opener door thing, like a button. Cause the only one we had was like, outside so if we were like in the kitchen and we wanted to close the garage door at night we had to go all the way to the other side of the garage to do it uh so i got to do both of those things and i was like whatever you want to charge i'll, I'll pay it like i'm just want to want to support you and he's like all right how about 100 bucks i'm like dude like if i called a regular handyman it'd be 300 dollars for that so right, i think i ended right. up paying like 130 or something but i just i love supporting businesses and i don't understand why there's so many people that just don't try harder you know like yeah hustle knock on my door don't put stuff in my mailbox that's annoying but like you know just just get out there and try to find business i i'd literally ask that guy I was like hey can't cut my grass i'm right there i need my grass cut and he didn't do it wow. like, what like business is right there in your hand man and, and it's like that for resellers too like just get out there list stuff that people want things that people need i think a lot of people struggle at first because they're listing they just don't know what has market value or what the market value of their items are. So they're listing just random collectibles, precious moments, figurines that are 
you know, if they looked up sold comps, they would see that there's 17 of them listed for $12.99 free shipping and none have sold in the last 90 days. So that's probably not an item that you're going to, that you're going to want to list, but just, you know, like, like Drew said, go around, find stuff for your house to list. Once you do make your first sale, put a thank you note inside, make sure it's packaged. Well, once it's said delivered, send the buyer a message, but Hey, it says delivered. I, I packed it really well. I included a little message in there for you. I'd love to you know, hear from you, make sure you got it and see if there's anything at all I could improve on my process. I, I forget who it was, but somebody told me that they started asking their buyers if there's anything they can improve of their like selling process. Um, and I think that's a great idea. Um, I don't want to talk too much, but one more thing. So there's another <laughs> business that opened up. It's a, um, a Duncan Chipotle combo, like in the same building. Uh, and it's like a mile away from our house. And we were super excited because we love Duncan and we love Chipotle. And we went to Duncan and it was the worst experience ever. The The parking lot and building itself is incredibly small. Like if, if the drive through gets longer than five cars, it makes the parking lot impossible to maneuver through. Um, so I'm like, okay, immediately whoever owns this building is just in it for the money. Like as somebody who doesn't care about customer service, um, you know, we, I, I ordered, uh, my wife, a like a bagel or something with no cheese. I told the guy three times, no cheese. And I was very nice about it, but I said three times, no cheese. We got it, it had cheese on it, <laughs> took it inside. And they were just like, they weren't apologetic. I'm like, you guys have been open for like four days, right? Really? Everything should be free. Like I should be getting Dunkin' Donuts, like things sent to me in the mail saying, Hey, we got a brand new location. Come out. Your first coffee is on us. We want to make sure our, our experience is the best we could possibly do it. And people just don't care about that anymore. Right. Everybody's just in it for the money. And if that's what you want to do, if you want to start a, a side business, if you want to start a YouTube channel specifically just for the money, I'll go ahead and save you the time and tell you, you're not going to make it. Exactly. <laughs> no, that's, that's a straight truth. Um, you know, there's, like you said, there's plenty of businesses out there that just don't care. You know, like, let's talk about Chick-fil-A. I mean, you guys, you know, um, Drew, yeah. uh, Josh, I mean, the customer service, if, if something goes wrong, they're willing, they're literally willing to do anything to make sure that you're going to get your product and next time too, you know? Um, yeah. So that, that's, that's what it is. Like, you just gotta, you just gotta take, take care of your customer. Like so many people complain about cutting the customer's lying or this customer tried to scam me. Like, yeah, they might, but there's no point of wasting your time about it. And I hate it when people immediately assume that just because, you know, somebody asked for a return or claims an item is broken, that the customer is lying. Because we talked about in a couple episodes ago that the Chinese restaurant I used to work at, they did that. They automatically assumed the customer was lying anytime they complained. And when you do that, it makes you to be a very like schemy business owner, like, I don't, I don't know. You want to find a balance between the angry Chinese couple that thinks everybody's a liar and Amazon that thinks <laughs> everybody tells the truth, because then you end up with you know, a, the most highly abused return policy in the history of e-commerce. For sure. Yeah, I, I think that's a great point because, you know, as resellers or online businesses, you know, there's going to be both sides of that for each situation, for each business owner or reseller. You're going to have situations where people are literally lying to you to get something for free. And you're going to have situations where people are telling the truth. And in most cases, from my experience in doing this for about a year and a half full time, 90% of the time on my business, it's better to just tell the customer, I'm sorry, you can keep the unit or whatever the example is. Other than obviously there's anomalies. Like if somebody buys a pair of shoes and says they don't fit, you know, and you can resell them again no problem, you know, take them back and you eat a little bit of shipping costs, but you can still make some money by reselling them. But like a DVD combo unit or something like that, if someone says it doesn't work, if they provide pictures of something broken or something like that, I have absolutely no problem just refunding the money because those people aren't going to get eBay's discounted shipping and they're going to go to the post office and they're going to ask the post office to ship it for them and pack it for them. And it's going to cost thirty two ninety nine to ship, and then you're Would going you to have to send an express it's express mail for only yeah. twenty nine dollars more. Yeah, exactly. So I would love to do that. <laughs> so, you know, in most experiences for me with those types of situations, you have to be willing as a reseller to know that this is going to happen, and you have to make sure that you are emotionally and mentally and psychologically able to handle the fact that you will get returns. It's just like, for example, my wife went to uh, 
bought something for my son on Target's website or something like that. And uh, my son Zeke for um, the wedding we were just at. And she bought a 12 month outfit. And it turns out it was too small because he's just such a chunky baby. We needed an 18 month. And so what did we do? Well, we returned the 12 month and got the 18 month one. More than likely, Target's not going to just take that, put it on a hanger and resell it. It's going to go into a Target wholesale box, you know, Mm -hmm. that somebody's going to buy. And so returns do happen. And it was a a legitimate mistake on our end. But, you know, Target's more than happy to take it back. So, you know, when I see even us making those mistakes, knowing that Target is going to eat that loss, whether they're a big company or a small company, um, you know, I have to know that as a reseller, I'm going to have to incur some of those as well, where some people are telling the truth and some people are lying, but it's not worth getting stressed out about or letting those frustrations even into your, you know, mental headspace because it's so minimal in comparison to how much actual business you're doing, unless you're not describing your products correctly or something, that it's Mm -hmm. not worth the headache of trying to fight it. Trust me, when I first started reselling, I would literally decline returns and fight them through PayPal after a buyer left me negative feedback and then PayPal, they disputed it on PayPal and I'd be on the phone for hours trying to get my $40 back, you know, because I was so stressed out. And now it's like water off a duck's back. You know, that old saying, I just, I almost don't even care about it anymore. It's like, if, if I can still make money, send it back and I'll give you your money back. And if you're, you know, lying, well, I pray that, you know, something comes around to you, you know, for doing something wrong to me, you know, like what goes around comes around and there's really nothing else you can do about it. It's not worth the time. So, um, Josh said he wanted to talk about YouTube. So let's, let's talk a little about YouTube. Um, uh, this morning I woke up with a, um, with the drive to make a YouTube video and I made a YouTube video and I mean, it's not the best, but you know, I, I, I need to put content out there and you know, I'm really excited to put it out. I haven't put a, a video out in one week, been just super busy at work coming home at like literally, you know, I wake up at like six and get home at like seven and, or seven thirty. So it's just been a stressful week for me, but I woke up with the drive to make a YouTube video and I love, I love making videos. It's just so much fun. You know, just, I, I love it. You know what I mean? So how about you guys? Yeah. Drew? Oh, me first? Okay. I was trying to be polite because I just talked a bunch. Um, I'll, I'll let you guys go first. <laughs> um, yeah, well, you're the most important because you've got the biggest channel. So I would say, you know, because I am focused so much on making sure that I'm providing for my family, YouTube is kind of almost like a side a side hustle, if you will, of my reselling business. You Like some people... I admire their YouTube hustle. I don't know how they do it. You know, I look at people like Primetime Treasure Hunter and Mountain Man Treasure, and they're putting out a video a day. And I'm like, how on earth do you have time to record, edit, list, ship, spend time with your families, do your other jobs? Because both of them have other jobs, you know? And so, you know, I love making YouTube videos, um, but I find myself actually struggling to uh, have time to edit because I'm focusing so much on listing and reselling that, that I would guess you could say YouTube is, is second for me over my reselling business. And of course that's because I'm obviously profiting from reselling and I'm barely making any money from YouTube. I do it more for fun and to share my journey and to document it for my future, um, right now than to make money. Eventually there's obviously a benefit in that, but, um, I do love making videos But it just seems that, you know, for me, and if I'm just being honest with our listeners, I'm finding it hard to find the content that people want to watch because there's so many resellers out there. You know, it's tough to make the videos that people want to watch when, you know, um, you put a lot of time and effort into making videos. You obviously want people to enjoy them, but you want to get that engagement as well. So, you know, um, finding that balance for me is is something I'm working on, but I love making the content. you know, I'm a Gary V kind of guy. Like I love putting out content, but I'm just not going to put out a video a day right now because I'm making more money reselling than I am on YouTube, which is actually the opposite for Josh. So. Yeah. Uh, I definitely think the hardest part of YouTube is the beginning when you 
you have to make content consistently to build an audience. But in the beginning, you're not getting that reward of audience participation in your channel. Like it's easier for me to make videos because I can make a video and it gets like right now, I think it, my average views are like 18 to 25,000 per video, something like that. Which is um, amazing. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm super blessed and it's, and it's, I, I, I premiere all my videos and I have like audience participation in those and I get a lot of comments. So that makes it that that's the reward for me making videos, but I'm seeing, you know, new content creators, like one of my favorite new, uh, YouTubers uh, is Brittany over at Essential Endeavors. Have you guys seen her channel? Yeah, she's awesome. She does a very yeah, good job. I saw her on your um, your channel with the interview, but or when she interviewed you. Which one was yeah. it? She interviewed uh, well, you. She interviewed me, and I'm going to have her on my channel because I love her hustle. She's doing three videos a week, and she just got monetized, but she's been consistently uploading videos for six months now. Uh, so she got like... I didn't get monetized for like nine months or so. So she's already monetized faster, faster than me. And her videos are not simple. Like she does a ton of editing, a ton of cuts, like sound effects and everything. And they're very, very professional. So the fact that I see her putting in the hustle and without like some of her videos do better than others, but for the most part, I mean, I haven't seen, I haven't looked at her actual sub count, but I think it's a like 1.5. 4,000, like almost 1500 sub subs or something like that. So she's getting, you know, maybe 30 comments per video, but, um, and, and it, it, I, I don't know, it, your, your perspective changes as you grow, you know, like if I posted a video and it got 5,000 views and topped out, that would be a terrible video. You know, I'm like, Oh my gosh, what did I do? Like, why are people not watching this? But you know, a year ago, if I already got 5,000 views, I'm like, all right, that video's doing pretty good. That's my number one video. So it yeah. all changes as you grow your perspective like warps with, you know, your success, but, um, but definitely having the audience participation really helps with the motivation. There's nothing more frustrating than putting a ton of time and effort into a video and editing it perfectly and finally uploading it for it to get 25 views and two comments. And one of the comments is from, you know, that one person that watches every single video, maybe it's a family member or a friend or something. <laughs> uh, it just feels like you're kind of spinning your wheels. And to get through that, the only thing to do is to keep making more videos and keep tweaking things and getting better and seeing what performs well and then redoing that in a different, you know, color packaging. Um, but, but yeah, definitely uh, it's tough in the beginning for sure. Yeah. I'm trying now, to I love... go ahead. Um, yeah. Um, I'm trying to learn, you know, how to be a better YouTuber. And I, I really watch you, Josh, and I, I just admire, you know, what you do. And, um, you know, I don't know if it's the camera, I don't know what's going on with me, but you know, I, then I psych myself out and it's like, I need it to be perfect. You know what I mean? And it's just, it's so hard to make it perfect right now. You know, just working a full-time job, trying to hang out with my girl, my family, um, you know, reselling, going to Goodwill. It's just, it's tough right now. You know, it's just, I feel like I'm putting all my, eggs in a basket and it's just it's been really difficult and I, I need to be more consistent and I, I was and now it's just like it was just it's just really tough you know the mail was you know at work has just been overloaded and you know now I just I, I, I need to grind no matter what and just keep pushing and that's where I'm at right now go ahead Drew oh okay <laughs> I'm just trying to be patient today because I know I talk a lot so I'm trying to make sure that I don't cut in no, um yeah, the YouTube thing is just, it's an interesting um, aspect and part of my business because like I love making the videos, um, but I'm definitely no uh, graphic designer or, or video editor. And I've tried a couple different softwares and things like that. And I find myself like sometimes struggling a bit more than I'd like to with edits and things like obviously, you know, like Tesla Picker, you know, his videos, he's kind of got like the little background things that pop in and stuff. And uh I just think that those are really clever and creative. And I always think like I need to put those in there and then I forget to do it. Or, you know, I want to put background music in, but then it's hard to find royalty free music that fits with the theme of your video or something like that. So I try to keep my videos like straight into the point as far as whatever I'm talking about. You know, um, I feel like I'm in a position right now with my channel, which you know, maybe the right direction or the wrong direction. I don't know, but I feel like I'm trying to be more educational with my videos, like showing people what I'm picking up, showing people that I'm listing stuff right away, telling people what I'm selling and how much it's selling for, you know, and, um, 
versus a little less on the entertainment side and a little bit more on the like teaching instructional side of of reselling um because i feel like there's a lot of people that want to learn and then there's a lot of people that are just like making these you know vlog videos about what they're doing and there's already a lot of people doing that so you know i don't really feel like that space on youtube is really needed at the moment um it's so finding to... it's finding that creativity and that's what right. i'm learning right now is you know it's very very tough to find you know everyone's going to go to a thrift store and you know i feel like i'm doing the same thing and i really want to change that um even the how-to videos are even just so difficult to do because there's so many of those but you know that's how you build your channel you know i you have to do how to ship a package you know every once in a while and oh how to you know how to list an item or something like that but it's you know, it's just that grind to to put out a video, even just turn on the camera sometimes, you know, um, just like I would tell you, Drew, you know, just turn on the camera. I mean, even when you're shipping out your items, you know, um, but it, it's just doing it, you know, and just being creative and trying to be different. That's what, you know, I need to learn to do um, because I feel like I'm doing the same. I feel like I'm doing the same thing and it's not it's not creative. You know, my dad tells me that and, you know, I need that criticism because I want to be, you know, potentially I want to be the best YouTuber ever. Like that's my goal. Um, but you have to be creative. So, yeah, for sure. There's a, there's a big, a big, um, need, not need, but there's a big difference when you have, when you're a content creator that can be creative and, and do things differently. And I actually have a video that I'm in the process of putting out that I really hope, um, changes or, or, or helps my channel a little bit because it's something completely different from what I've done or what I'm doing. And so uh, I'm really excited about it. It's just taking some time to edit because I want it to be good. Uh, but I think it's going to be really enjoyable. It is going to be more on the entertaining side than the educational side, which is what I feel like my channel is more based towards. Um, but yeah, so be on the lookout for that somewhat in the, in the next week or two. You see, like I, I'm, if we put me and you together, we would unite. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, I mean, I mean, it really depends on your presentation too, because I've seen like, even with my channel, like I, I haven't really done anything groundbreaking with mine. Like I've done, you know, thrift with me videos and shipping videos and, you know, basically the same thing as everybody else is doing. Like, um, like my dream deals videos, Tesla picker was making those videos before I was. So, I mean, I, I really think a lot of my growth has just been because of the way I present the content, not right. the content itself, which you just have to pick you, the way you want to grow. You know, like I always like to compare myself to um, part-time pickers, Matt, because we've um, relatively, we've grown about the same rate, but for completely different reasons. And I've said this so many times, but it's just the perfect example. Like Matt is a great reseller. He's finding things that I've never seen anybody else talk about. And like his wife found that $500 blow up vintage beach ball or something. I'm like, that's nuts, man. That's crazy. <laughs> and that's people love his channel because of the things he's finding. Um, whereas me, I'm just finding, oh, I got another pair of Asics tennis shoes today. I'm going to buy them and sell for 25 bucks free shipping. You know, it, <laughs> it, it, but people don't, I don't think people follow my channel for like crazy, insane reseller tips. I give very basic tips. I find very basic items most of the time. Um, I just think people, I, I focus more on like the entertainment side of reselling YouTube versus the educational. I, mm -hmm. I like to make my videos educational sometimes, but um, I'm pretty new at reselling. I've only been reselling for you know like two years. Uh, so there's plenty of things that I need to learn myself. Um, there's plenty of mistakes I've made that I'm happy to share with my audience. And I think people appreciate that. Um, but I think the majority of my success on YouTube has come from like my video editing and my personality on camera and you know, those types of things rather than the actual content of my videos and my transparency. I think people really appreciate that too. Yeah. And that's, that's what I admire, admire you the most as your entertainment. And that's how I am too. Like I, I feel like I'm more on the entertainment side rather than like reselling, you know, I mean, I know completely nothing about reselling. I literally just go to the store and look it up. I mean, that's how simple it is. Um, but you know, I just want to entertain people. I want to, I want to make people come from their days of work and, you know, if they're upset and come to my channel and just smile and just enjoy it. You know, I want to make you laugh even on this podcast. You know, I try to do a little joke here and there, but you know, it's just, 
that's the main thing about life. Um, you know, just having fun and all I want to do is smile and just have a great day. That's just me personally. And that's why I love YouTube and it's about you. You know what I mean? Um, of course it's about doing, um, the, like the reselling and stuff, but I just want to tell people that, you know, I love you guys. Like, I just want to grow it more than just reselling. You know, I just want to grow a family with YouTube and that's, that's personally what, what I want to do for, you know, YouTube. I think your live listings is going to be something that's really just going to grow over time. Um, Mm -hmm. especially now that you've got the desk and stuff too, but, um, and you're upgrading, which I think is awesome. Uh, but the live listings is something that really nobody else is doing other than there's one other channel, OBX picker, Eric, who does it like for six hours at a time sometimes. Um, and he's, he's a beast when it comes to listing too. But, um, I think you have some, you know, um, like, uh, what you call it, like entertainment value where Eric's is, you know, probably what I would do is more like focus on listing and, and, you know, just sharing what I'm listing. And you have like some entertainment value in yours where you do some giveaways or you buy something from someone's eBay store and people make fun of you because you don't list a lot (laughs) and stuff like that. So, you know, I think you found something there, especially when you can get 50 to 60 people watching you list items on eBay as your channel grows, that's just going to grow and it's going to be really exciting to see. Um, So I I enjoy being part of those. Yeah. I mean, I I really enjoy doing the interviews, but it wasn't worth my my time because i feel like i'd rather i'd rather list and i mean i'm not really listing but like i am i really want to that's the thing that's what the whole point of it is but i want to i want to encourage everyone else hey i know it's been a tough week you know a weekend or whatever you know i want you to come in here and list with me or just listen and just be entertained and just talk about reselling and that's the whole main thing um like i really enjoy interviewing people and that's fun but i feel like we all know each other you know what i mean so um, that's why I really lean towards doing the um, the listing lives. It, I just really, really enjoy them. It's for people just, like I said, just to come in and hang out. So, Yeah, anytime. I, I've tried doing um, just like live videos while I list, and it would be end up being like an hour and a half video where I listed two things because right. I just get, <laughs> I get caught up in the chat. It's hard to like keep up with the chat and – and list, you know, nobody's going to watch a live video if it's just you listing stuff. Um, you have to, you know, at, at least acknowledge the people in the chat. And then that just one comment leads to another and then you haven't listed anything. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny because you were just doing a live Q and a the other day, Josh, at like three in the afternoon and I jump in there and there's like 400 people watching and I'm, I'm in the comment section and you're getting super chats. And it's, it was like one of those things where, <laughs> Literally every time I would leave a comment to say something in response to something you were sharing or someone else in the comment section, every time I would leave a comment, there was like a super chat right above it or after it. And so then you wouldn't see my comment or read it or something like that. And so I was like strategically waiting to press enter on my comment (laughs) so that it wasn't going to be around a super chat or I'd wait for someone to super chat and then wait like 10 seconds and then make my comment post so that you would hopefully see it. And can't imagine trying to keep up with that many. Yeah. We, uh, when I did my live stream the other day about like my eBay account getting suspended, um, it, it was again, like in the middle of the afternoon, like three o'clock and I think we had like 1200 people in there because people love misery. You know, if your account gets suspended or you, somebody steals something from you, anytime something bad happens to you, make a YouTube video about it. Cause that's going to be one of your best videos. People love misery. Yeah. Um, that video, somebody said something like, Oh, he's only, he's only responding to the people that super chat. I'm like, I'm not only responding to them, but of course, if somebody sends me a super chat, I'm going to acknowledge them. And if it's, if there's so many people sending super chats that I like, I, I try to look at everybody else, but, um, you know, just with one person trying to read all the chat and, you know, acknowledge all the super chats and just keep the conversation going. It's very, very difficult to. Yeah. There's to, no, there's no way to see it all. And especially because some people are just in there trolling or some people are asking questions that you don't want to answer, or it just may not be something that's really on topic or something, you know, um, or people that leave comments that say like, like I saw you actually responded to this one. So we can just talk about that one is like someone said, 
can I, I'm, I'm a 14 year old reseller. Can you subscribe to my channel? And like, like literally nope. you, read the, you read the comment <laughs> and you're like, uh, no, I won't subscribe to your channel. And here's why, you know, but the, I like that you explained it versus just saying no, but I think that it was also kind of interesting to just see you say no versus, oh yeah, sure. I'll go, I'll go subscribe to your channel. Yeah. You Everybody's like, I thought Harry Tornado was a nice guy. What? He's a little, this is a little girl. I'm like, yeah, it's the same, like that guy that, um, that kid that messaged all three of us asking for shout out from Instagram. <laughs> yeah. And I'm Joey like, did it. So, so for the people listening to the podcast, if you didn't see my live stream the other day, this girl asked me to subscribe to her channel. Didn't like, I've never seen her channel. She's 14. Just that's what she said. She's like, I'm 14. Can you subscribe? And first of all, I hate when people say, like, give a reason for some, like some dumb reason, like just her age. Like, that's why you should subscribe. Like YouTube is like the purest form of capitalism. Like nobody cares about you. They only that people want something. People are going to watch your YouTube videos because of what they get from it, not because they you know, I guess maybe they watch it because they like you, but they like you. And that's like making, giving them entertainment watching you. But you're never going to build a, a, an engaging audience off of just like pity. You know, like I'm 14. You should subscribe to me just because I'm young. And, you know, there's not that many young people in here. Like, I appreciate your hustle of wanting to start a YouTube channel, but you've got to put in the work. I'm not just going to, you know, that kid, I'm not just going to give you a shout on Instagram just because you're young. Um, I, I Somebody sent me an offer the other day and it was like, I don't know what they said, something like, maybe it wasn't even me. Maybe I saw it on Instagram, but somebody's like, uh, I, please accept my offer. My husband is disabled. I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm sorry that your husband is disabled. Like, I, I understand the situation, but I'm running a business. You're not going to go into Walmart and be like, excuse me, can I get a discount on this dog food? Because my <laughs> husband is disabled. I need a discount on this hair dryer because my daughter, you know, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like other businesses don't accept your excuses for your life. You know, I, I'm, I'm trying not to be mean here, but I'm trying to be mean in a helpful way. Like, stop. Yeah. Like, nobody's going to shout you out because you're young. Nobody's going to like when I, I got a lot of shout outs in the beginning of my YouTube channel, but not for free. I was I realized, you know, listening to Gary V, people don't care about you. Nobody's going to give you a shout out like, you know, oh, shout me out. And I'll shout you out. I'm like, OK, well, you have 30,000 subscribers and I have four. So what would a shout out on my channel do for you? You know? Um, yeah, for so, sure. And I think, I think I can relate to that exact same thing, except on my Instagram, because I guess you could say I'm more of an Insta an influencer right now on Instagram than I am on YouTube. Cause I have more followers and I have a lot more engagement on Instagram as I'm mm -hmm. growing my YouTube, but like it never fails how many times I go to the bins or I go to a thrift store or somewhere and I find something and I put it on my story and People that are also resellers, but want that item that I have say, yo, how much for that? And I could give you example after example, literally right now in my DMS, people going, yo, how much do you want for that? You know, like I'll give one example, a polo, um, a polo Ralph Lauren camouflage hat. I found at a thrift store the other day. It's like a rare hat, I guess. And, um, so I paid, I think a dollar or two dollars for it at the thrift store and i put it on my story and there it's a rare hat for some reason this hat is selling for like between 50 to 70 dollars on ebay so i listed mine for 69.99 and someone slid into my instagram dms and goes yo i need that hat how much and i said i'm asking 55 shipped on instagram which is cheaper than what i listed it for on ebay you know mm -hmm. um and the guy's response was like you know dang, you're really, uh, you're really taxing on that thing. I'll pass. And I'm like, well, no, the comps are actually showing between 50 to 70. So I feel like 55 shipped is pretty fair. Um, if you want to make me an offer, I'm open to offers. Honestly, if you would have offered anything over around 40, I probably would have accepted it just mm -hmm. because it would have saved me on fees and listing and stuff like that. But you know, the fact that people do that all the time, like you think I'm going to sell you a $70 hat for $10, just because you follow me on Instagram, you yeah. know, I still have to make money on the stuff that I'm, I'm thrifting. And then on the other side of it, you know, I had this kid who was really nice today. Um, I post on my Instagram story, some like USPS shirts that I still had that I pay, got the bins and I never listed them because I was always trying to sell them in a bundle and, um, I didn't have any luck. So I post them on my Instagram story saying 70 shipped for all of them. And then some kid got into my Instagram and was like, hey, how much for just this one orange one? 
And I was like, well, I'm not really looking to separate them. So tell me what you're willing to pay. And he said, how about $20 free shipping? And I said, sold, sir. You know, mm-hmm. it was six shirts for 70 and he offered 20 for one of them. So, yeah. you know, and I sold it to him and he was really nice and he made me a fair offer and we made a great deal and I'm super happy about it. You know, um, it's, it's, so, so when I, when I used to work at Chick-fil-A, one of their, um, things they taught us was that our goal for like customer service was to create raving fans. And one of the qualifications of a raving fan was that they come often and they pay full price. Like you don't want, like, you know, if you've got a band and you have like, you know, five fans, like starting out the band and they, but they don't want to pay to get into your show. They're like, Oh, I'll come to your show on Saturday night. If you give me a free ticket, like a band is never going to grow that way that the venues are not going to want to host bands that don't sell any tickets. So my biggest thing in life was like, I'm just going to go all out. If I see somebody that starts a business and I want to support them, I'm going to pay full price. I hate it when people like, it doesn't really happen to me often, but I see it all the time on Instagram and in, in public people like, Oh, my, my friend owns, owns this kind of store. So she can probably give me a good deal. I'm like, no, your friend owns a store and that's how she makes money to feed her family. You should pay extra. Honestly, like my friend, Melissa owns a, like an at home bakery. Like she doesn't have an actual store. She just like does stuff to order. And I, I buy from her all the time. That's probably why I've gained a little bit of weight recently, but (laughs) I always, I at least pay full price. Occasionally, sometimes I'll like give her an extra five bucks, just like bunch. And she always never wants to take it. She's like, no, 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 no. So now like, if I want to give her extra money, I'll just like ball it up with a bunch of ones. I'm like, here you go. I'll see you later. (laughs) (laughs) But like, you don't want people in your, like coming to your business all the time, begging for discounts and like, oh, you know me. So you should just give it to me for free. Like some people ask for stuff for free, you know, I'm like the scooter shop, my scooter and motorcycle shop that I owned for five years before I became a reseller was the definition of you, what you just said. And on top of that, it's because 95% of my clientele were people who can't afford a car, you know, or people who don't want to pay insurance because, you know, they don't have a lot of money. So I already have people that are buying cheap transportation to begin with. And I hope this doesn't come across as rude or judgmental to these people because there's nothing wrong with being economical or saving money. But then those people would come in and want an oil change or need a, a new headlight bulb, you know, or something. And, you know, normally at any motorcycle shop or a repair store, no matter what the labor is, it's a minimum of an hour labor. And mm-hmm. I, and our business model was like, okay, if it takes 10 minutes to change a headlight bulb, I'll charge a half hour labor and, and be nice to the customer. You know what I mean? Like, but I can't do it for free. You can buy the bulb and do it yourself. So, you know, I would charge a half hour of labor versus an hour of labor and try to save my customers money. And they're like, Oh, come on, you're going to charge me 3250. I'm like, well, I mean, how do you expect me to keep my lights on? So I can change your headlight bulb if people like you don't pay for it, you know? Um, and like, I understand that, you know, that $32 may sound like a lot, but in the motorcycle world, an hour of labor is our hour of labor was $65. And my competition was the Yamaha dealership and they charged $105 an hour. And whether, even if they were just doing a diagnostic on your bike, you had to pay an hour labor. So we were half the price, you know, and people still complained all the time. And I'm like, well, it's preposterous that you would make a profit as a business owner. What a beautiful that's word. What, <laughs> Can you say that that's, again? What people, that's what people think, man. Like there's so many people that think that, you know, oh, Jeff Bezos, he should never make that much money. I'm like, okay, yeah, it's a lot of money. It's more money than any single person could ever spend in a thousand lifetimes. But the dude invented Amazon, you know? Yeah. Like yeah, if I you think- invent a company like that that is used by pretty much every single member of society almost on a daily basis, then yeah, you deserve to have that much money. It's that, yeah, I I love capitalism, dude. Like you, you create something that people like, you should be able to make as much money as you, as you, as you can. Like, you know, they're not doing anything. That's absolutely the goal. We're just as resellers doing it on a smaller scale. You know what I mean? And then people look at us like, like it's one thing to think about Jeff Bezos and his wealth, you know, dude doesn't need any money more, but people that look at small motorcycle repair shops and like, Oh, you don't, you, you, $32 $32 to change a light bulb. I'm like, yeah, that look at it. The ver- reverse. If you just learned how to change your own light bulb, you could save yourself $32. Right. And I honestly, I tried to tell people so many times at my business, 
you know, like, hey, you can save money if you do this by yourself, or a quart of oil is $10.99 for, you know, super synthetic scooter motorcycle oil, you know, and I have no problem selling you the oil. The, ch the change is super easy. There's no filter you have to change. You just drain the oil and you put new stuff in. And they're like, ah, oh, no. And I'm like, okay, well, that'll be $29.99. Oh, I can get my car changed for that. And that's five quarts of oil. I'm like, well, well, car oil, you know, non-synthetic basic oil is cheaper because they get it in higher bulks than I do as a scooter motorcycle shop. And that's just supply and demand for any business model. And it never failed to see that business. Like you have your generous people that would literally come, they'd get their oil changed and then they'd leave me a 10 or $20 tip and say, Hey, go buy yourself lunch today because they're just happy customers. And then you have customers in there that are like, I would literally work on their scooter and replace an engine or something. And it was a good customer, you know? So I would try to cut them a break here or there where it'd be like $150 job. And I'd be like, you know what? I'll do it for 120, you know, and help you out because you're a good customer. You always get your oil changes here. And then, you know, it goes salty and they're like, well, I don't have $120. And I say, well, you don't get your scooter back because you agreed for me to fix your scooter before I did yeah. this. And I told you the price. You didn't tell me the price. Um, yes, I did. It's right here on the quote that I gave you before you signed your work order. I had one lady take me to court because of that and they obviously lost, you know, but mm -hmm. someone took me to court and accused me of blowing up their engine and then overcharging for a new engine because they didn't want to pay for it. And then they had to pay my court costs to try to sue me. That's so terrible. <laughs> so it's, it's, I'm, I'm much, I'm, just, I'm very happy. Needless to say, I'm not in that business anymore. So you it was rather, a good learning experience, but I'm happy that I don't do it anymore. So you would rather take returns, right? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I would take a return. Yeah, that's what we're talking about here. Through all, all of these terrible experiences, reselling is by far the best. Just take the return, give them their money back. Absolutely. And the fact that you don't have to even deal with someone face to face. Like I had someone call the cops on me one time and the police officer start, came in and laughed at me and said, or not laughed at me, laughed at the customer and told me, push this person's scooter on the sidewalk outside of the, the, the property that you work on and leave it there. And if the customer doesn't want to push it home, then it can get stolen. And if they want to take it, they can push it home because this person literally accused me of taking the entire wiring harness off their bike and changing it with a different one because uh, it had electrical tape on it or something. And I did not do that. Wiring harnesses at certain parts have electrical tape from the factory because it's a Chinese scooter to hold them together after they weld the wires together and or solder the wires together. I'm sorry. I'm and learning so much. I can open up my own scooter. You, re shop. you really could. And the fact that you just don't have to deal with these people in person, you know, when yeah. you deal with a return, like someone can leave you a, a really mean message. And at the end of the day, it's literally just a message. But when somebody's in your face, yelling at you, cussing at you, calling you a horrible person, you know, calling you a scammer, threatening your life over, you know, a $30 oil change or something. You just go, this business is not worth my life, you know? And when, you know, then I've had the other sides of it where people stole stuff from me and having, you know, an eBay business, nobody can steal from you. Being an online reseller, nobody can steal from you where somebody would walk into my business and, you know, I was in the back fixing a scooter for a customer and somebody walked in, took a hoverboard, you know, a couple years ago when those were popular, stole it right off the ground, threw it in their truck and drove away. Luckily they got caught, but just the fact that people have no regard for anybody else's hard work. It's just like what you said earlier, Josh, about Amazon. People buy stuff on Amazon, use it and then return it. Like there was something wrong with it and Amazon just accepts it. But mm -hmm. when you're a brick and mortar store, you know, it's, it's a little bit different because you rely on these people to pay your bills. And then the fact that somebody would steal from me after they had already come in and bought something from me, you know, and while they were waiting for me to get the part out of the back, they stole something and threw it in their truck just blows my mind. So yeah. I'm happy to be out of that business. It was a great learning experience, but never again will I go into a business like that. I don't blame you guys. We are at one hour, four minutes and 30 seconds. Uh, Joey, you haven't said anything in a while, so I'm gonna let you sign us off here. Yeah, so um, this was a great Joey, podcast. <laughs> why, don't you, why don't you sign us off with your best sale of the week? 
the best sale of the week. Um, if you guys don't know Emily Conway on YouTube or Instagram or even on TikTok now, um, she is awesome and she talks about Furbies all the time. And I found this Furby at Goodwill for about $4 and it's like a Bluetooth one and you put like four batteries in it and like the eyes glow up and like I put batteries in it and the first thing it said was <laughs> I want some pizza. I was like, okay, taking the batteries out. This is weird. <laughs> um, so I uh, took the batteries out, but I sold it for $34.99 full price and shipping. So that was an awesome sale for me. Well, great. Congratulations. Yep. How about you, Josh? Uh, let's see. The best sale this week. Uh, I don't know if it's the best, but I sold. So so a couple years ago, I found this map at, at Goodwill. It was in a frame. It looked really old, and it was like 12 bucks. And uh, it was a map of the Western Hemisphere, so like North and South America. And uh, I bought it. It was like 12 bucks. Bought it, took it home, and found like a date at the bottom. It was like 1895 or something. Uh, and I had it unofficially appraised like i sent a picture of it to like this guy in my town that like knows maps and he said it was a herman mole map uh and he said it should be worth like six to six hundred to nine hundred dollars i was like okay cool and i wasn't even reselling a ton so i was like oh my gosh like 12 bucks into 600 like it's crazy uh but of course that was just uh an estimate so i listed it it's like it was like the fifth thing i ever listed on ebay i list it's been listed for like a year and a half um or even longer than that uh, and uh, I actually sold it one time before for like 120 and it got returned. The guy just like, oh, I don't like it. I'm like, okay, whatever. Uh, and then I relisted it for 100 and it's been sitting in my store for you know, like a year or so. And I finally got an offer of 75 bucks. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and take it. Turn a 12 into 75. Really cool map. Like, I, I really like it. Um, and I, it wasn't in a frame. I just took it out of the frame and sold it as the rolled up thing. So. Sold for 75 bucks, free shipping, and I hope whoever bought it, I think it was a, a viewer that bought it. So uh viewer that bought the map, if you're listening to this, thank you so much. I hope you enjoy it. Love you so much. Love you so much. <laughs> <laughs> Got, okay, so la I think it was last week after we ended the, the podcast, we still talked to each other a little bit on here. And we were like, okay, all right, guys, I love you so much. I got to go. And, jo and Joey was like, yeah, I, I love you too. And Drew was like, I love you guys so much. And I was like, oh, I just... Love you guys. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, we are just uh, three amigos, three amigos of uh, reselling. We love each other so much. That's right. <laughs> um, so I guess we'll sign it off. So I appreciate you guys listening on in. If you guys haven't checked our other episodes out, we have one, two, and three ready to go for you guys. So I appreciate you guys listening on in on the Triple Thrift Podcast, and uh, we'll see you guys next time.